Hey there, Hit Like a Girl Pod listeners. We've got some exciting news that's too good to keep to ourselves. You all know Grace Minton, whose stories have captivated us over the past couple years. Well, Grace has been doing such an amazing job with her show, High Tea with Grace, that it's time for her to shine even brighter. Yes, you heard that right. High Tea with Grace has graduated to its own show with its own brand new RSS feed. While we've loved sharing Grace's episodes as special bonuses on the Hit Like a Girl pod, it's now time to give Grace the spotlight she deserves. So what does that mean for you? To continue enjoying the compelling stories and insights from Grace, head over to your favorite podcast platform and hit that subscribe button for High Tea with Grace. Trust us, you don't want to miss out on what she has in store. Her latest series is dedicated to understanding the VC funding world, aka Fund Like a Girl. Thank you for supporting us, and let's show some love for Grace on her exciting new journey. Remember, search for High Tea with Grace and subscribe today. Hit Like a Girl podcast is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. One thing I love about working with them is that they're mission-driven, which means that they're dedicated to featuring authoritative shows, hosts, and guests who take on the tough topics in healthcare with empathy, expertise, and a commitment to excellence. If you're looking for bingeable content related to the healthcare industry, they've got more than 8,000 episodes on demand waiting for you. From professional development, the patient voice, digital health, innovation and entrepreneurship, and of course, health IT, they've got you covered. So this is your official invitation to check them out at healthpodcastnetwork.com. And welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and today I'm talking with Rory Stanton, the founder and CEO at Isla Health, which is an AI-enabled precision health management platform that empowers autoimmune patients with personalized health at home. Her work helps high-needs patients understand and manage their symptoms with online education, supportive communities, and holistic care from board-certified physicians. All right, let's get started. Lori, I'm so happy that we have an opportunity to spend this time together. I um, like to talk to our guests about how complicated and complex healthcare, not in the US, not only in the US, but around the world is. And it's just like, the more I talk with women, it seems like the more complicated it gets as I learn more and more and more. But we all kind of carry our piece of expertise. And I am really thrilled today to get to hear from you about, you know, the piece of the health IT puzzle that you hold. And I believe that we came into contact with each other through the Hit Lab New York City uh, program. If you wouldn't mind, you know, kind of telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do and and perhaps, you know, what involvement you had with Hit Lab, like, has that been in part of your story? Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me today. So I'm Rory Stan. I'm the founder and CEO of Isla Health, and we're building a virtual care platform for patients living with complex autoimmune diseases. And, you know, our kind of specific focus within this area, of course, is really tying all those disparate pieces of the healthcare ecosystem into a better patient experience living with you know, for folks living with chronic illness, there's a lot of fragmentation in the kind of clinical model that exists for patients living with autoimmune today. And we really wanted to take kind of digital tools, 
both through kind of telemedicine, remote monitoring, and the ability for patients to kind of track and trend their own symptoms over time to deliver better outcomes for these patients. So that's kind of what we're doing at ILA. As far as HitLab, I recently pitched at a women's health forum or event really to kind of highlight actually that autoimmune issues are a huge women's health issue. Hi, is that the dog or? Yeah. And, you know, about 75% of all cases of the, you know, 50 million Americans living with autoimmune are women. And so, you know, it's really important to kind of highlight that this is a huge women's health issue and we need to start investing in it and providing resources for women living with these diseases. So what are some of the diseases that we're talking about? I mean, that's kind of a generic blanket of autoimmune yeah. disease. So that's, I, yeah, I know that's pretty broad. So autoimmune, there's about 100 different diseases that fall within that category, typically inflammatory diseases. You know, some of the ones that you might commonly kind of think of that come to mind are multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, IBD, or ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, so gastrointestinal issues. That's kind of where we're, we're looking to play in terms of initially supporting and then expand out from there as we kind of build out the care model. So folks who have an autoimmune disease, like when we're, let's look at their current state versus, you know, state with ILA. Like what is the current state or, or their experience kind of going through the healthcare system? Like why does it need support? It can most uh, probably be, you know, depicted as someone trying to pull their hair out. At least I've had hundreds of conversations with uh, patients living with autoimmune issues and, you know, here time and time again, the consistent frustration that patients have with the healthcare system. One on their diagnosis journey, which can take anywhere from five to 10. I've talked to people who've sometimes taken 20 years to get a diagnosis because there's not, you know, a ton of lab tests to support definitive autoimmune diagnosis makes really difficult and challenging. And then on the other hand, just the ongoing management between kind of navigating the health insurance landscape, getting on a therapy that works for them or treatment that works for them, managing multiple chronic conditions at the same time. Many people are dealing with depression or anxiety on top of their autoimmune disease and sometimes disability as a result of their autoimmune disease. So how do they navigate uh, things like, you know, even social settings at home as well as at work? in the context of living with those conditions. And so our goal really is to provide support resources for patients living with those conditions and then, you know, help patients understand kind of their own unique baseline about what's going on at their, with their care at any given time. Because often a lot of that data does not get collected at the you know point of care visit. And so we're trying to create more of a longitudinal health record for patients that um, have these long ongoing chronic conditions. So essentially it's like giving patients the opportunity to collect all of their health information from all of the different providers that they see and essentially keep it in their pocket. And so that if anybody needs access to it, they, they have it. Exactly. That's kind of, that's kind of how we got started. And then of course, you know, now we have our clinical arm that can provide care and services, provide a mental health uh, professional specialty care providers, whether that's a rheumatologist, a gastroenterologist, a personalized nutritionist that can help support with an anti-inflammatory meal plan. That's also supported by uh, tools within our mobile app. And then a one-on-one health coach that works with them as a dedicated 
uh, kind of companion along their journey as their membership through ILA. So oh. that's really how we're supporting patients. Oh, I really like that idea. So if they have somebody who's a dedicated coach that they're just like, hey, I'm checking in. This is what I'm struggling with today, whether it's insurance or a particular doctor or food or mental health, they'll point them in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. So they can help both on care coordination and helping them kind of navigate some of those, again, those challenges that you just mentioned. And also, I think with, you know, autoimmune in particular, inflammatory conditions in particular, there are lifestyle modifications that people can adopt to help manage or control incidents of flares or inflammation or exacerbation of symptoms. And so the coach kind of works with patients to support them in making some of those modifications, whether the nutritionist has you know, designed an anti-inflammatory meal plan and they want to stick to that and kind of see how those changes are impacting their body's sensitivity really to different things. Or if it's a, you know, an exercise plan or a breathing plan, those are all things that the health coach can help support with. That's awesome. That's got to be a lot of like a huge relief for the patients. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I hope so. Um, our goal really was to listen to the pain points that we heard and and design the app basically to support them with the different things they're managing. I think that's, again, kind of, there's no silver bullet with autoimmune. It's multifactorial and, you know, some things work for some patients where they don't work for others. And so it's really important to build a personalized care plan and approach for each patient. Well, and I would guess that like on a day-by-day basis, somebody's either like whatever pain they're feeling or whatever their symptoms are, like it's not going to be the same every single day. So being able to have access to somebody like kind of on call that you're like, hey, today in particular... I'm really struggling and whether or not they like get into the doctor isn't, isn't really on the agenda, but they still have somebody that they can talk to. Somebody to reach out to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part of it, right? Living with a chronic illness can be super isolating and lonely. And that was um, something super important. We've actually just been building and releasing a patient community where patients can go into the app and connect with one another as well. And so folks that are living with the same types of conditions can then, you know, share insight, ideas, and emotional support, which I think is so critical for a disease like this, where you do have your ups and downs and you need people who really get it to kind of be along along with you, not only other health coaches, but other patients who are living with the same condition. So I'm sure that this has been a journey. Like, so how long, when did you start Isla? Like, how did, how did it begin? (laughs) Isla began as an idea. I actually have a family member who has a chronic illness and has had some autoimmune issues diagnosed since her initial diagnosis, which took like over five years you know, kind of watching that journey and then watching a few other friends and other family members who have kind of had an autoimmune disease that they've been managing for years and just seeing the struggles with it really kind of brought my awareness to this as an area of healthcare that needs some help and needs some innovation. And so I incubated the idea at UC Berkeley when I was finishing up my MBA. And that was as a, you know, kind of as COVID was hitting, that's when I was starting up with the idea and started building uh, the technology platform to be able to support patients and have been spending the last few months assembling the clinical care team to be able to bring this out to patients and, you know, in a few states and hopefully over the next year or so across the country, we really want to expand access to care 
especially these specialists, which oftentimes are hard to get on their schedule in the traditional environment, like make care more accessible to more people by utilizing this virtual application. So that's kind of a huge accomplishment. You're just like, oh, I'm finishing my, I'm like, was it through partnering with people or had, like, are you also good at building technology? I'm sure you're like hiring the right yeah, teachers, but I'm I sure on, yeah, all of this is pretty a technical lead to support the development. We have a few great engineers that have been building the product. I kind of manage the product development user interface and, and design side of things and, and help manage from that perspective. But yeah, it's really been a team effort. And then I've got a wonderful uh, medical director who's joined us and is leading kind of our clinical team development. So it's a pretty complex thing, right? When you're building something like this. And so there's a, a lot of hands involved and I'm so thankful to each and every one of them for all the contributions they make to Isla. That's really awesome. So do you think that your younger self had any idea that this is where you would be professionally? I do. I think, you know, I started my entrepreneurial journey doing the lemonade stands and I had my my swim lesson hustle in high school and, you know, kind of had my own side <laughs> businesses, I guess, like all throughout my career. Um, Wait, can you stop for a second? Swim lesson hustle? <laughs> yeah, well, I was a lifeguard and then, you know, did my swim lessons on the side, which actually ended up being more lucrative than my lifeguarding. So anyways, yeah, I just, I've always, I've always liked the idea of building, creating. And I think I always knew I wanted to build a meaningful and impactful business. And I tend to take on pretty difficult challenges and, and hard problems. And autoimmune certainly is one. Like I said, I saw it with my friends and family members, but I also saw it professionally in my career before business school. I'm kind of working in that space on the life sciences side and just really identified that there was a huge need and and thought, you know, hey, this is something where I really want to kind of dig in. And so got going while I had that uh, period at, at business school that really incubate the idea and, and start building it. Well, can we talk about the idea of like taking on big challenges? Because there's a lot of people that like get overcome by fear or just hesitation or feeling like the need to be perfect before they get started. Like, what would your advice be to somebody who is facing a big challenge that to, you know, to do it anyway? I think I've learned a lot about this as well myself, right? Like wanting everything to be, you know, perfect. I think with anything entrepreneurial, you kind of have to iterate as you go. You learn from the market. And so I think it's about, you know, taking something, testing it, taking that incremental knowledge and then putting that back into either the product or the solution or service, whatever it is you're working on. I think in terms of kind of going for it, you know, I, I feel very fortunate. I was able to kind of have a lot of resources and support at Cal that that really uh, promoted uh, this entrepreneurial path. And so I'd say, you know, that kind of mindset and the ability to think about, okay, what could be rather than what is, was really helpful. And so I think surrounding yourself with people that can get on board with that and help, you know, just help you along your way. You don't have to do everything all on your own. I think oftentimes we might have talked about this previously, but oftentimes, you know, people, women especially, try to do everything on their own. And it's really important to bring in partners and bring in mentors that can help kind of you get that next step. I think it's just always about taking that next step. Yeah, there's a, I'm sure you've heard the saying about like, I'm coming from somebody who doesn't eat that much meat, but like the phrase is, how would you eat an elephant? (laughs) 
like exactly what it is, right? Yeah, like how would you how would you eat an elephant? First of all, let me just say I would never eat an elephant. But yeah. if you were gonna eat an elephant, how would you do it? And it's just, the answer is one bite at a time. Right. right? right. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's the key. And I think honestly, it's just about kind of being resourceful, connecting the dots and, and figuring out where you can tap into either your networks, resources. I mean, there's a lot of innovation support, I think, even online that's fairly democratized and you know, increasingly so. I think there are, you know, challenges with early stage companies kind of getting that next step if it's on a funding standpoint. So finding out how you can build connectivity in your own networks to kind of help use that as a launch pad is, is really important. Well, you've also been, I don't know that you're kind of potentially right in the process of going after funding, but for people who are hoping to get on that journey, what advice would you give for them? Yeah, I think honestly, you know, when you think about fundraising, it's important for, you know, founders to one, have their team in place, have their product in place or their story in place and what they're really driving at. And I think, you know, curating a list of investors that you want to work with is really important. And, and finding that alignment early is really important because that will ultimately lead to the most success in, in, in terms of who you're going to partner with from the capital perspective. Well, actually, over the course of the time. Yeah, when you're talking about like like doing research on the investors that you'd want to work with, like there's a couple things that have crossed my radar lately that I feel like is probably, I don't know, worth talking about. And one is just like what you're saying of like, have, how do you identify an investor and making sure that they're a good fit for what it is? Is it literally a Google search or... Um, there's a number of different like databases that have this and they and there's ways to kind of found, find out, okay, which companies have these investors invested in. A lot of them have it on their websites. But then, you know, you set up your initial meetings and you kind of get to know a little bit more about the funds and yeah. know, where they're looking to invest and what they're looking to fund. And are you finding, because as a women-owned organization, are you finding that there's more women to pitch to as investors? Yeah, I would say it seems that way, um, especially like at this Hit Lab event last week that we were, you know, we were talking about earlier. It seems that there are more women entering VC. There's more women running funds, um, starting funds. You, you know, and it's pretty awesome, right? Because the, you know, if especially if you're pitching a women's health issue or something that predominantly impacts women, people get it uh, pretty quickly. And so uh, I'd say that that's really encouraging. I think that's gonna help democratize just the access to capital in the VC yeah. space um, in private markets. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay. So if somebody wants to use Isla, like if um, a member of our audience is is listening and wants to like participate in your offering, where would you direct them? Yeah. So I mean, you can definitely check out our website at islahealth.com. We also have a mobile app available both on Android and iOS on the app store. And yeah, I would love to have, we have both, uh, you know, for patients seeing clinicians, we've got an option for that. And we also have an option for people that just want to use the app to self-track their own symptoms and kind of aggregate their health information in one seamless place so that they can, you know, better have better connections with their own care team members. And, and ultimately potentially connect with our community of patients. So we like to, you know, just broadly make the offering kind of known to everybody and want to have people join us on this mission to drive 
or better outcomes for people living with autoimmune. I love that. So um, if I understand correctly, regardless of whatever insurance somebody has or state you guys are like approved in certain areas to work with, that doesn't really matter. Anybody who has an autoimmune disease can check out Isla, at least for their own self-tracking. Yeah, for our kind of plans that aren't clinical, they can certainly utilize the app to track their own symptoms and connect with other patients within the community. I love it. That's so great. I love what you're doing, Rory. Thank you for sharing with us. And I'm wishing you so much luck on your journey. Like I can't wait to check in a year or two from now and see how much you've grown. Thank you. (laughs) Really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Inc. CMS's merit-based incentive payment system or MIPS is super complex. And if clinicians ignore the program or perform poorly in it, it can result in a hit to their revenue and reputation. Chirpy Bird is proud to say that more than 95% of its clients are exceptional performers in MIPS, meaning they've maximized the score that directly translates into their Medicare reimbursement rate. Chirpy Bird offers their audit-proof services to practices of all sizes through an affordable monthly subscription that includes unlimited access to a regulatory expert who guides them in knowing what data to track, how to create workflows that make capturing that data easier, and ensures that they submit it all to CMS on time and performing at its best. Contact Chirpy Bird today or learn more at chirpybirdinc.com. That's chirpybirdinc.com.